Welcome back, everybody, to the episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. This is uh, episode number 115, dedicated to a man who on July 24th, 1973, was named the Major League Baseball All-Star Game MVP, Mr. Bobby Bonds. And as always, thank you for sending and downloading to the episode of the podcast. On today's episode, we have Mr. RJ Ochoa, who covers the Dallas Cowboys for SB Nation, coming on, helping us get ready for the upcoming Dallas Cowboys football season. Jason Garrett is out. Mike McCarthy is in. Dak Prescott did not sign a contract extension, but however, they have a lot of talent, and I personally believe that with the new voice in the locker room, they will take a step up, go up a level from where they were this past season or previous years. Yes, we all look at America's team. You may call them America's team. You may not call them America's team. But when someone says America's team, you know exactly who they are speaking of. The Dallas Cowboys, Jerry's World, Jerry's Jones. This team has so much talent. And as you hear RJ and I talk about it, it's like, man, we didn't go as deep as we could have, but as deep as we went, we know, and it shows this team has a lot of talent and people are watching watching them to see if they go a level up, if they stay where they are, or if they drop and go further down with the new voice, Mike McCarthy, there in the locker room. But before I get to the conversation that RJ and I had about the Dallas Cowboys, I have to make one announcement. I have not made it lately and it's to my fault but it's very very important here for the podcast a way for you to talk back to the podcast you know we listen to sports shows you hear something you want to talk back to the host you want to say oh you're wrong or I agree with you well the podcast hotline that is always open allows you to do just that call this number 850-462-5442 once again that's 850-462-5442 call the number Hit the JC with Podcast hotline voicemail. Listen to that voicemail. Leave a message in your voice can be featured and will be featured on a future episode of the podcast. So I'll say it one more time, 850-462-5442. The podcast hotline is always open. Let's go ahead and take a trip to Dallas, Texas to enjoy my fun conversation with Mr. R.J. Ochoa, who covers the Dallas Cowboys for SB Nation. Hey, R.J., welcome to the podcast. Hey, appreciate it, Jay. Good to be with you. Uh, very excited to, uh, to chat some Cowboys. Yeah, man, no problem, no problem. With COVID-19 being abnormal, unexpected, really nothing we could prepare for in our lives. Uh, how have you been doing your family? How have things been for you guys during this weird time? Oh, I appreciate you asking. Um, I think, you know, uh, we're doing about the same as anybody or most people, hopefully. Uh, you know, my wife and I, we both work at home and, and did before all of this. So uh, that hasn't changed, although uh, we did move. And so um, that uh, is always a challenge, certainly. But uh, doing that while social distancing, um, you know, I certainly know this is uh, the most minimum thing anyone's done, but uh, wearing a mask while you're moving is, uh, is a different kind of chore. Uh, but thankfully, that's all in the rearview uh, mirror, and uh, we're all settled in. Uh, but we're doing well. Family's great, and I hope the same is true for you and yours. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. 
Uh, I just got news. Uh, my family, my, me and myself, I live, by my, I live by myself. My brother lives here in town in Indianapolis. My parents live in Indianapolis. And so we've been doing what we can to cope with everything. I have some family members that, are, that have had the, have the ha, either have it or ha, have had it. Um, some have had severe effects from it. Some have not. So I've gotten all over the spectrum. Uh, my family, my mom, dad, my brother, and I, we have not had it at all. So we're fine for now, but we all know at any given time things could change. And it is weird. Um, you, you can't prepare for this. You, as you mentioned, wearing a mask while moving, that's, <laughs> that's difficult. But it's just the weird, the, the weird the things we're doing now that we never thought we would have to do to just get by every single day. It's, it's, def- it's definitely different. No, totally. I mean, um, you know, driving more places, picking up food, you know, I mean, there's no more of the outside world. And so uh, I'm fortunate, you know, I play a lot of golf. So that's kind of been how I've gotten out, you know, just, uh, you know, the wife and I will go and play around. And, you know, that's something that you can kind of do in a socially distanced way with, with a buddy or two, as long as everybody, you know, keeps their distance. So um, you know, hopefully uh, your family's uh, bouncing back soon enough. Didn't know you were from Indianapolis. Uh, that's a good part of the country. Uh, my dad and I went to the Cowboys Colts game there back in 2018. So uh, I really, really enjoyed our stay there. Oh, nice, nice. What? Now that you tell me that you've been here before, let me ask you this, because I know how I view Lucas Oil Stadium, but what was your first impression when you came here to watch the Colts and Cowboys play? Well, I, um, I really enjoy uh, seeing kind of the way metropolises or cities are set up for different events. Uh, I used to live, my wife and I just moved from San Antonio, and we hosted the Final Four, San Antonio did, uh, in 2018, a few months before that Colts game, actually. And so, you know, it's always nice to see how other teams handle events like that. And I'd, I'd always heard about the, the connected system that Indianapolis mm-hmm. had uh, and how it works with the Super Bowl. And that game was in December, and, and it was pretty rainy most of the time we were there. And so we loved it. I mean, we just absolutely loved it. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we did all the normal things. We went to uh, the Indy 500 track. We went, okay. to, um, uh, St- we went to St. Elmo's. We had the shrimp cocktail. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, and I, as far as Lucas Oil goes, um, I will say, and I'm not at all trying to sound biased, I find it amazing that it was built after AT&T Stadium because every time I go to AT&T Stadium, it still feels brand new whereas Lucas Oil did feel just a little dated. But maybe that's like kind of the Midwest vibe. I'm not sure about that. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but granted, you, you have the luxury of being right there, Jerry's World, AT&T Stadium. I have been there before. I got a tour of that stadium, I want to say, in 2013. And so I get to go to Lucas, Lucas Oil, which is what is here in, in Indianapolis for all the listeners. I go to that quite a bit, a few times a year, a high school game, maybe a, a Colts game every now and then. But there's nothing like AT&T Stadium. I mean, when you walk up and when you drive up to, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the stadium, you're like, wow, this is massive. And then when you get inside and see the giant TV, it's like, whoa, this is uh, unexpected, and I don't want to leave. Right. No, it's, um, it, it's insane. And every part of it is elaborate. Every part of it is uh, top of the line. Um, you know, we've been to a, a number of stadiums and a number of domes and things like that. The only one that I, I truly maybe was more impressed by was Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium in Atlanta. That place really is impressive. Oh, yeah, yeah, the new one. The, when you first said Mercedes-Benz, right. I was thinking the New Orleans, but I forgot. The, you the also had that yeah, one. it's the same sponsor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I, I, didn't know that was, I didn't know that was a thing until Mercedes was like, hey, we'll sponsor two teams. Let's, let's just go ahead and make this happen. 
Right. COVID-19, it's, it's here. It's un, unexpected. But what some people, which I thought was going to happen, but when, and once it got closer down to the period of time when it was, I think it was July 15th, when that contract had to be put together, it wasn't. The Dak Prescott didn't sign a, a contract extension with the Cowboys. He's going, to be a, a fran, he's going to be under the franchise tag this year, free agent after the season. What were your thoughts? What were you thinking leading up into that time? And did you think a deal was going to be put into place? You know, I really did think they'd get a deal done simply because um, of belief in the organization. And I know that a lot of people don't believe a lot in the Cowboys front office, but they really have this offseason in particular kind of been incredible. They've, they've done so many things that deserve a lot of praise and they've addressed a lot of needs and they've been really wise about it. And they've even gotten lucky, things like C.D. Lamb falling to them and whatnot. And so I thought, OK, this is clearly a forward thinking front office. They clearly know what they're doing. They clearly have their ducks in a row. And to me, I mean, I, I'm a firm believer in Dak Prescott, um, but even if you're kind of a loose believer in Dak Prescott, there's financially no motivation to not getting this long-term deal done. I think it's 100% worth, you know, biting the proverbial bullet, you know, and, and that's COVID aside. I mean, you know, once you factor that in, it makes all the more sense in the world to get him done now because, you know, as many expect, the salary cap is at best going to be flat in 2021. So, to not do that was, was a really kind of old school Cowboys move and not in a good way. Uh, so I was surprised. And I, I think it was uh, at the very, very least a move that's going to cost them a lot of money. Uh, and at the very worst, maybe a move that might cost them back Prescott in two years. Why do you think they didn't get a deal done? I think the Cowboys are really cheap. And I, and I say that people always laugh or, you know, people think it's an insult. I don't, I mean, it's, I think that's just the truth. I'm, I mean, you know, I don't know the last time you, you know, bought something large, a house or a car, apartment, whatever. Uh, it's not fun, right? Like, it's, it's not fun to, like, no. pay the down payment. It is never fun. And I think the Cowboys really don't like to do that. We saw them, you know, getting a financial stare down. Just kind of recent memory here with Des Bryant. That went all the way to the deadline, and then they barely got a deal done. And a lot of that was that his agent also represented Demarius Thomas, who was getting an identical deal with the Denver Broncos. Uh, you know, that was so long ago, it's kind of crazy to think about. But then, you know, they went through this with Demarcus Lawrence, and he's a star pass rusher. They didn't want to pay him. He played on the tag, and that cost them money. They ended up paying him more than they could have if they had just gotten the deal done ahead of time. They are generally, for all their improvements, the one area where they are still flawed is they are not able to project into the future. They're not able to predict what a market, in this case, the quarterback market, is going to look like because if they were able to do that, a year ago when Dak Prescott was first eligible for a contract, they would have said, okay, Jared Goff's about to get paid. Carson Wentz is going to get paid. Russell Wilson's up for a new deal. Next year, who knows? Pat Mahomes might get paid. It would be best for us financially to get this deal done now, but they kind of sat, they waited, and, you know, the price went up. Dak Prescott kind of called their bluff and played really well. And now they're, you know, like they're, they're so cheap that they're, you know, so the, for, as an example, the um, reported final offer included $70 million in the first two years of the deal. We know that Dak Prescott will make $31.4 million on the franchise tag this year. Mm -hmm. We know that if he is franchise tag next year, which would probably be the case, that the value for next season is $37.7 million. Those two numbers added together are about $69 million in, over the next two years. And the Cowboys offer in the first two years is $70 million. And, you know, it's like he's got that. You know what I mean? It's like you're, you're not <laughs> offering him and anything new. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it would be like if, you know, McDonald's said, hey, we're going to give you ice. 
with with your number one or whatever. It's just he's already got that in the bank, and they don't seem capable of realizing that and don't want to pay in in future taxes. And so they pay, you know, they offer deals from a year ago and think they're good enough. But the reality is nobody's getting paid for what they're doing right now. They're getting paid for what they're going to do in the future. Right. That, that, that's so true. And if I was a Cowboys fan, just thinking about how I would be viewing the contract situation, the future, as you've mentioned, of the uncertainty of the not just the salary cap, but the uncertainty of the, of the quarterback market, I'd be very, very curious to see and wonder what not would just happen next year, but then even the year after that. Because let's just say Dak Prescott gets goes somewhere else and he signs a contract with somebody else. Him and Jerry Jones don't come to an agreement. And Dak says, okay, cool. We can't figure things out here. I'll go somewhere where we can figure out a deal somewhere else. He goes somewhere else where there's Andy Dalton behind him. And as a Cowboys fan, I'd be thinking I'd much rather like Dak Prescott instead of Andy Dalton. But at the same time, Andy Dalton is, I want to say, 31, maybe 32. And he's not gonna he's not gonna be a top tier or even a second tier quarterback. So your so your option, even though Andy Dalton is there, your option there is well, what's gonna happen next? We're gonna draft a guy and have to go through a grooming period um, and do all of these things here. So I'm sure I, I always wonder. I haven't talked to Cowboys fans about this at all, but I'm sure Cowboys fans are kind of wondering. Well, even though they're already very critical of their team and their and their players, just like everybody else, but I'm sure they're wondering what's gonna happen if Dak doesn't get a deal. Well, I mean. I think that the Cowboys fans you're talking about are, are the, in my opinion, the um, the enlightened ones that mm-hmm. are aware that Dak Prescott is a franchise quarterback. However, yeah. you know there is there are a sector of Cowboys fans that believe that Dak is not good, that he's trash. You know, don't commit to him, whatever. And those people are lost. It's, it's difficult to, to reason <laughs> with them. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I referenced the, the numbers over the next two years again, and I think those are important. Dak Prescott, and I'm I'm rounding here gets $31 million on the tag this year, gets $38 million on the tag next year. In 2022, if he were to be tagged, that number is $54 million, which means Dak Prescott. Yeah. I mean, again, this isn't like a hundred percent guarantee, but Dak Prescott is effectively guaranteed $123 million over the next three years. And that is a price point of $41 million per year. And if you were him and, and you knew you had that in the bank, so to speak, not, not literally, but you knew you had that. All you had to do was kind of bank on yourself and, and bank on your well-being, which is what Dak did last year. I mean, that's far worth it to pursue, which is what Kirk Cousins did, as many people have referenced. And Kirk Cousins was able to not only get liberated from his team in Washington, but he got a three-year deal that was fully guaranteed in Minnesota as a result. I mean, that's, that's what the Cowboys are looking at here. And again, this is a disastrous situation in normal times, even when the salary cap is projected to rise. But the facts are that Dak Prescott's salary cap number is going to be even larger next year, and the salary cap is at the very best going to remain the same. So that's what I'm saying. Like, this is, this is a bad idea in when things are good. But right now, when we're in a financial crisis, uh, the way the NFL is, I mean, I know there are bigger crises in the world. This is a disastrous idea on top of disastrous ideas. But the Cowboys have the reasons, and we can only uh, guess what they are. Yeah, we can. And I'm going to go back to something you said earlier before we really got into the Dak Prescott thing. You mentioned that the Cowboys covered and made a lot of changes and they they fixed a lot of needs. And I'll get to the player aspect, the personnel changes that they've made with with the team. But there's a new head coach here. A guy that wasn't coaching last year. I can't think of the last time Mike McCarthy was a head coach in the, in the National Football League. But Jason Garrett is out. Mike McCarthy is in. 
And I'm just very curious, RJ, what are you, what are you, what are you maybe expecting? What are you sensing? How do you think this team will look this upcoming season with a new head coach? I really think, um, you know, we're in the middle of, I don't want to call it an analytics revolution, but, you know, there's a lot more attention being paid to analytics and things like that. Places like Pro Football Focus are used by more NFL teams every year. Um, and so I think, you know, Mike McCarthy has been very vocal that he spent his year away studying. And so I think that we will see a lot of principles that are new age, uh, that lean into more analytically driven principles. And I think that's a good thing. Now, obviously, you know, the inability to directly communicate with his players, you know, seemingly has slowed what I would imagine uh, would be the implementation of those principles or his offense as a whole, et cetera. The only thing I've leaned on in that regard is this is obviously nowhere near the same thing, but you know, in 2011, the NFL did have the lockout, which disrupted their normal calendar. And that year, Mike McCarthy's Packers went 15 and one. So he knows how to deal with some sort of delay. He's been there before. He's obviously won a Super Bowl, and he's obviously spent the last year planning, preparing, being extremely patient for his next opportunity. So uh, I anticipate we'll get a guy who is very aware of the opportunity that he has now and doesn't want to take it for granted. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. I know a lot of people were skeptical of him coming in and saying, oh, we're not sure how it's going to be. I don't know where I hear some things. I have actually kind of dialed away a lot. Especially, I know a lot of sports fans have from your traditional avenue of sports consumption. I used to be, I used to watch a lot of ESPN, the shows on there. And then I went to more of the podcast route and some XM radio shows just to kind of get away from everything I was hearing. And part of it was the Mike McCarthy stuff about, oh, he was away and now he's back in, but do you really expect him to change? Uh, yeah, people can change as they progress and get better as a, as a coach or an athlete or even a human, but I don't know. And people are kind of, I kept hearing a lot of a lot of people saying, oh, I don't really expect it. It was too much negative talk for me from my normal outlets to consume sports uh, sports news. So I had to stop. But I, I am personally, I'm excited because I think that it, it's, it's a new voice. And I, I liken this to something that Larry Bird said back when he was with the Indiana Pacers, I believe, when he was a head, he was either head coach back in the late 90s or was recently, I forget exactly which time period it was, but his philosophy, you know, it's something I don't agree with, but I know sometimes it does work. His philosophy was no coach, he, he, he believed no coach should be anywhere for longer than three years. And if you go back to his time as a head coach with the, with the uh, Pacers, he was only there for three years and then he left. And he, he, held, he held to that. Well, his reason is a new voice is very important. It can bring new life. And I don't, I don't, I know the whole three-year thing. I don't really see eye to eye with that. I think some coaches, I would love to have a Phil Jackson as a head coach over a lot of other coaches in the NBA when when Phil was at at the top of his game. But I do 100% believe that sometimes a new voice can be exactly what a team needs. And I do think a new voice with the team and with the time away that Mike McCarthy had could do wonders for the Cowboys in the upcoming season. No, I think that's well said. And I think, you know, we often see – uh, look, look at the Green Bay Packers as an example. Teams that in the first year of their new head coach just have a, a I don't want to call it a honeymoon, but that, that change of scenery helped. You know, the Green Bay Packers two years ago under Mike McCarthy really underwhelmed, really underperformed, weren't that great of a team. Matt LaFleur comes in. I don't know if I believe that Matt LaFleur is a better head coach than Mike McCarthy, but, you know, you, it's like, you know, you know, like when you were a kid and, and your parents rearranged the living room furniture, like the room mm-hmm. is the same, but you mm-hmm. walk in, you're like, this is a whole new room. Like everything mm-hmm. is different. And sometimes that, that perception is really valuable. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, let's get away from the coaching, and even we could talk about Dak maybe a little bit and how some of the changes and how the new additions to the team kind of help him and how he may look this upcoming year. But the team, you mentioned some needs and how they've uh, mentioned and how they have answered some needs here. On the offensive side of the ball, what would you say – you mentioned C.D. Lamb earlier. That may be your biggest thing. But who do you think would be a newcomer that would be a person that – maybe highlight and then say, yeah, he's a newcomer. We're expecting big things from him. Well, obviously, CeeDee Lamb is, is a really, you know, highly anticipated player. A lot of people looking forward to seeing him. Uh, but that does feel like cheating. I'll say Blake Jarwin. Yeah, I mean, um, look, Jason Witten is a Hall of Fame tight end, and, you know, someday he'll have a bronze bust and cane and a gold jacket to go along with it. But the reality is, you know, I, I, I think he inhibited the Cowboys as a team last year. I, I think that you know, he provided a great level of leadership. You know, I, I, like I said, you know, we lived in San Antonio forever, so I'm a huge Spurs fan. And I think, I think Jason thought it would be so cool to be what latter-day Tim Duncan was, this, this guy that came in off the bench, popped in, you know, had some great moments, but was this kind of, you know, player coach for the young players uh, on the team. And that just didn't materialize. And so the reality is that, especially under Kellen Moore, the Cowboys offensive coordinator, the Cowboys need an athletic tight end. And Jason Witten's just not athletic at this point in his life. And so I think Blake Jarwin, by proxy of just not being Jason Witten, is an improvement. But we saw a little bit of Blake Jarwin at the end of 2018 when Jason Witten was in the Monday Night Football booth. And there's a lot to like there. So I think he's a name that uh, I'm very excited to see. Uh, he's in my Twitter profile picture, so I'm, I'm a bit biased in that regard. But uh, Blake Jarwin should be a lot of fun in 2020. I agree with that. I, I definitely agree with that. What about on the, on the defensive side? What newcomer on the defensive side do you think would be a highlight in someone that people can expect big things from? I think people are really excited about what Gerald McCoy can bring to the Cowboys. He's talked a lot about the team and the brand, and he recognizes what it is and what it provides, et cetera. Um, so Gerald McCoy is definitely exciting in that regard. Um, he is, you know, he's not the same player he once was. And I think that that should be acknowledged. And I think that those expectations should be there um, or rather shouldn't be there. But uh, Joe McCoy, I think is, is somebody that can come in, especially under Jim Tom Sula. You know, the Cowboys coaching stuff is really great. I think Joe McCoy uh, could be, you know, the Cowboys have refused to invest in defensive tackle for so long. And Joe McCoy could be somebody that really helps them out and, and, and gives them that actual veteran voice because he's been there. He's done that. And, and he knows what it's like to do it at the NFL level. Absolutely. I'm going to go back to the offense and back to the defense real, really quickly. Um, just kind of highlight a couple players, high-profile players. A guy by the name of Ezekiel Elliott. I'm an Ohio State football fan, so I remember that time when they won the national championship, 85 yards on the heart of the South against Alabama. I, I've watched that play, watched that game over and over and over. And he's still one of the top running backs in the league, gets criticized a lot. And I still expect big things from him. I, I'm still a guy that when you're that caliber of an athlete, and it could just be the podcaster in me, I, 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 I analyze a lot of what you do on the field. Very, very, it's very, very close. Um, sometimes people say I'm too critical, but it's just how my brain works and how it is when I'm watching game or watching, or watching, uh, watching games live, watching old games, whatever the case may be. But Ezekiel Elliott, are we going to be able to see the same caliber of athlete? Will he go to – does he have another level he could get to? Um, what kind of player are we going to be able to see this upcoming year? I think that Zeke is one of the best running backs in the NFL, and I think he's supremely talented. I think he's very special. Um, and I think that he was able to have a lot of success under Jason Garrett in spite of how predictable that Cowboys offense was. And so while I don't think, you know, I don't think players that are that special can, can become even more special, and that's not a demerit on Zeke by any means, but 
I think that just the offense being different, I, I think, really opens him up more. And I think, um, I think it's, it's not that he is, is maybe learning a new trade. I think it's that he'll be used in different ways. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people want to see him used in the passing game. And I think that those are the ways that we could see Zeke start to be used. And it might feel like he's a different player. But the reality is, you know, if we, could, we could both go buy from the, from the best meat market in the world, the, the best cut of meat. But if I nuke it in the microwave for five hours and you grill it properly, you know, we're going to have two very different right. meals. And so right. I think Mike McCarthy is, is, is a better chef and certainly understands these things a little bit more than Jason Garrett did. Yeah, absolutely. Great analogy. I like that. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, there's three guys. They're linebackers. They play well. And they're, they're immensely talented. Sean Lee, Jalen Smith, and Leighton Vanderesh. three guys that Cowboys fans – I believe love. I know that they, they, they like the unit together, but will we be able to expect them to kind of in the close games that the Cowboys had and, and the games on the road, will they be able to be a unit that can be trusted late game situations, uh, third and long, third and short, fourth and two, that they can be that unit that the team can trust to bring stops to help them win more games than they have over the past few years. Well, I sure hope so. And I think that Leighton Vanderesh is the key to this Cowboys defense. If he is solid in 2020, I think everything else kind of moves around him. He's a rising tide that lifts all boats in that regard. Uh, you know, you mentioned that you think Cowboys fans like them all. Uh, Cowboys fans love Sean Lee. And I think a lot of Cowboys fans are willing to kind of see what Leighton is this year after being injured last season. But I will say, I mean, being fully honest, there, there are a lot of Cowboys fans that were worn thin on Jalen Smith last year. And he's an incredible story that you can never deny that. He's a medical miracle. Uh, and the fact that he even has an NFL career is a testament to just how hard he's worked. But, you know, he is very corporate and he's very into seemingly his brand. And that was the vibe a lot of Cowboys fans got last year. You know, the Cowboys would be struggling. They'd be losing. He would make a play. He has a signature swipe celebration that he does uh, that I believe originated during his time. Uh, I believe he's from Indiana as well. Um, and so, you know, he's, he's definitely got his, his doubters. And I think a lot of people are ready to see things be just about football and they want the culture to be different in that regard. Uh, but he is a leader on the Cowboys team. He's a defensive captain. And so what he does and what he says carries a lot of weight. And I think that, uh, I think he'll be a lot better in 2020. Sure. Hope so. Yeah. Yeah. You're correct. He is from Indiana up, up, uh, Northeast Indiana and the town of Fort Wayne, actually right. to bring that up because that's actually where, uh, where, Everybody in my family was born except for my mom. My mom was born in Cali. Then my dad, my brother, and I were all born in Fort Wayne. Um, interesting connection there. But, RJ, this has been fun. The Cowboys, I've always been very, very optimistic. I've been very optimistic throughout this entire time here with COVID, trying to be positive. Uh, I, sometimes it's positivity that I look back now, it's like, wow, did I re was I really that positive when it first hit and sports shut down and all that stuff? Like, I'm trying to be the positive guy because I know there's so much negativity on the news, on social media. And it's just because we, it's just there's so much news out there, so much new news coming in. And this year's so wacky. And some people say cuckoo, whatever word you want to utilize, that I'm just trying to be that guy to be optimistic. And I've had people tell me, Jay, why do you believe in the Cowboys? They aren't going to be good. Their track record has shown that they're not going that that they're going to fall in the close games. It's not going to be a good thing. But like I mentioned earlier, a new voice can do wonders for a team and leadership. You're one year wiser. You, we have one more year of experience. And I think that formula together, RJ, will help this team get over some of those humps that they couldn't get over last year and some of the previous years. 
I think that's well said, and I think it's it's fair to think the Cowboys have a lot of potential in 2020. Um, you know, if if this was a normal year, normal times, I think I would certainly think that they could challenge for the NFC, maybe even, you know, challenge uh, if, if everything went their way, challenge Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. Obviously, that's, that's a pretty impossible task. But um, you mentioned, I mean, this year is so unknown. There are a lot of factors that uh, we can't even begin to predict at this point in time. But uh, as far as the football goes, I think that they're a very talented team. I think that they're well-coached. I think they're well-led. Um, and I think that uh, they have a lot of potential. And, and that's, that's, all of this has been the case before, and they have fallen flat on their face. And so uh, this, this will really truly, uh, you know, all things considered, even the current climate of the world, be the test of time to see if they really are different or if, if this is just the same present wrapped in a different package. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I do a quick Rapid fire at the end when I have a guest on. These are just nine quick questions. Give me your first thought whenever you hear what the statement is that comes out of my mouth. Then at the end, give me some time to uh, let people know where they can reach you on social media and where they can read some of your work as well. Uh, question or thought number one, do you think the Cowboys will win the division? I do, yes. Okay. What name? Let's say you were the person that could pick the name of the, new, of the Washington football team. What name would you suggest? Oh, man. Well, um, I, you know, Red Wolves has been thrown at a lot. Um, I, I think it makes sense to, to keep something with an R, you know, for, for a lot of their branding purposes. So um, I'll say Red Wolves, but I don't feel great about it. I don't feel great about a lot of the options, to be honest. <laughs> you mentioned a couple stadiums that you enjoy, AT&T Stadium and then the Mercedes Mercedes Stadium in Atlanta. We had to get that one because there's two Mercedes sponsors, a couple stadiums. But those two aside, what would you say is your next – favorite stadium that you've been to oh those two aside Lambeau Field I mean that Lambeau might be number one uh honestly it's uh, I, I'm, I love football I love everything about football and football history and so that was quite a treat getting to go there what's your favorite vacation spot oh wow um well I live in South Texas so um you know anywhere warm is kind of normal for me uh you know I've only been once but I really like any kind of like Colorado vacationing um you know where you, you know go play some golf or uh, maybe if, if you're feeling adventurous, go whitewater rafting or do some hiking, do some biking. Um, I like that that offers a lot of, of different activities like the Breckenridge area. So uh, something like that. Um, but if, if you've got enough people, the right group, uh, you know, like a ski trip can always be fun. Uh, anything with a big group like that is hard, uh, hard to be disappointed with. Okay. What's a place you want to go but you've never been? Um, probably um, an EPL match. I love the English Premier League. I'd love to go see any EPL game. Okay. What's the favorite thing you love about your job? Uh, that I get to do what I love. I, I never feel like I'm working. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that uh, I'm naturally interested and obsessed with all these things. And so uh, I, I'm just really grateful that, that people find it enjoyable to some degree. Uh, but I'm, I'm very, very, very blessed uh, just in so many different ways a game you would love to attend that you haven't attended in any sport? Um, you know, I'll, I'll step aside from football um, just because, you know, I do so much. I'd like to go see Duke UNC. That would be a lot of fun to check that out and, and see that environment. That environment there is easily top, on the top of, of my list. I'm sure a lot of sports fans, it's on the top of their list as far as the Duke UNC robbery. doesn't matter if you're, in, uh, if you're in chapel here or if you're uh, on Duke's campus, it doesn't matter where you are. The atmosphere at, on either side is always top-notch. 
the last two, basketball, they're both for basketball. Who would win in a game of one-on-one, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Oh, Jordan, all day. That was quick. I've had some people on here when I ask that, and they're like, oh, it takes them like five seconds, five to ten seconds to respond to that. Then the Pat, you and the gentleman that I had last week, they're both like, oh, yeah, Michael Jordan, really quick and easy. Why was it so easy for you? Uh, I mean, I, I grew up in that era, and, and so it's, it's, I'm just supremely loyal to Michael Jordan. I loved the last dance a couple months ago. Uh, I'm a Jordan guy. I mean, everybody's got that guy. You know, if you're a whatever guy, wherever you grew up, however you grew up, whenever you grew up, uh, so I'm a Jordan guy. So I'm going to ride with him always. Absolutely. The last one, he's unfortunately no longer here with us, Kobe Bryant. What's one thing that sticks out in your mind about his playing career? Honestly, I mean, the – the aggressiveness, the tenacity. I mean, um, very, very, very few people, in my opinion, have cared more, loved winning more than Kobe did. And I really admire that quality. I admire the amount of work that he's able to put in or was able to put in. Um, and, you know, we've, there's countless stories. I mean, different trainers that say they got up at 4 a.m. and they got to the gym and he was already drenched in sweat. Uh, I admire that commitment to, uh, to his craft. And um, I, I certainly, um, I miss watching him play. I was able to be at his last game in San Antonio, which was really, really, really fun. Um, he is, uh, without question, one of my favorite players of all time. Absolutely. Absolutely. RJ, this has been fun. If you could take some time to let, people, let the listeners know where they can uh, connect with you on social media and then also where they can read some of your work. Sure. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at RJ Ochoa. Uh, nice and simple. And that's kind of a hub for everything I do. Um, you know, you can get my podcast link there. You can check out all of our work at blogontheboys.com. You can subscribe to uh, the Blog on the Boys podcast network. We're available uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, hopefully uh, we've got some fun football to talk about here in a couple months. Uh, Going to enjoy uh, whatever the fall brings one way or the other. Uh, and uh, we always enjoy, uh, you know, kind of communicating with people and experiencing uh, whatever the Cowboys do uh, with everyone who chooses to make us part of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Sure, hope we get football. I'm, I'm going to try to continue to be optimistic, <laughs> even though things are changing all the time. I'm going to just try and continue that. Uh, it's fun. I'm sure hoping that we get some type of life can change and hope, hopefully it gets fun sooner than we think it probably will. But I do think that I do know that what we had here with RJ was fun, enjoyable. Thanks for coming on RJ here on the JC Stevens podcast. Of course, Jay. Thanks for having me anytime. As I was editing this podcast before hitting the publish button, something crossed my mind. We have sports. We have sports here right now, live sports, the big four. They're on our TV screens, and we couldn't be happier. Baseball, Yankees, and Nationals are on my screen right now as I am speaking, and I love hearing Matt Vaskersian's voice call games once again. We also have... NBA basketball, which is fantastic. That's his back, baby. Scrimmages right now. Next week on Thursday, we will have the regular season resuming with the 22 teams that are there in Orlando to finish the regular season before hitting the playoffs. You know what else we have? Football players reporting to training camp. So with everything going on right now, with everything as crazy as this world is right now, there are things that are going to be somewhat normal for our lives. Our baseball teams are on TV. Our favorite football teams are reporting the, reporting the training camp. Our favorite college football teams, a lot of them are working out right now. 
basketball is back. Now, granted, I understand some of you, your favorite team is not there in Orlando in the Orlando bubble. However, even though that may be true, you can still watch great basketball players play and and be not just getting paid. It's a form of entertainment for us that are not athletes that are able to play at that kind of level every single day. COVID-19 this year has been crazy, but however, the sense of normalcy that people have been looking for, guys, 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 it's here. Pretty soon, we'll get all the sports playing at one time, and it will be so, so nice. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. If you're not on Twitter, you will love to connect with the podcast. Send your emails to jstevenspod at gmail.com. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people that are searching for a new podcast to listen to to come across this one. Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So no matter if this was your first episode or if you have been listening since episode one, be sure to people know about the podcast. This has been episode 115 of the JT1's podcast. I'll see you next time.